I mean, I don't answer the phone even when I know who's calling. My voicemail isn't even set up. If you want a response from me, you need to text me. Welcome to Chats, What She Said, a special podcast series in collaboration between Enrollify and Mongoose. Each month, tune in for fresh, fun, and quippy ideas for communication strategies and tactics that attract, engage, and delight Gen Z. I'm Zach, founder of Enrollify. And I'm Nicole, director of marketing at Mongoose, a conversational software company that specializes in helping colleges and universities improve communication with students. You can subscribe to this series and access other podcasts, e-courses, videos, and more at enrollify.org. And if you want to learn a little bit more about Mongoose, you can head on over to mongooseresearch.com forward slash enrollify and start a chat with their chatbot auto about their texting and conversational software services. It's a truly meta experience. All right, folks, without further ado, welcome to the show. We are back. Nicole, I've been like, I've been like missing chats, what she said, like, I know, I, I hope so our long. audience has as well. But like, I've just been I've just been sad, you know, it's been this like void in my <laughs> podcast queue. But we're back after a brief. We're hiatus. here. We've made it. <laughs> New year, we're ready to go. <laughs> New year, ready, ready to rock. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. And I'm excited for this episode, because I think it's going to be maybe even a little bit more tactical than some of our other conversations. And I thought it would be fun to kick off by sharing the best and worst experiences with chatbots that each of us has had. So why don't you go first and and then I'll follow suit. But what's an example of a a chatbot experience that you just, you might've even told a friend about because it was so good. Mm -hmm. And then what's an example of one that was just so awful that like it changed your, maybe even changed your perception of the brand. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because chatbots are such a, I feel, controversial topic. People either love them or they hate them. And I think it definitely depends on how they're being used. I think some of my best experiences with the chatbot has been airlines, which I think everybody's had either good or bad, depending on the airline. But I'm a Delta fan and Delta's got a great app where when something's going wrong, you can kind of go through the app instead of waiting on that long wait time on the phone, go through. And if it's not answerable through like a flow, they connect you to a live person. And I can just chat right on my phone with a live person who will kind of take care of everything. And it's just so much easier than, you know, like sitting on hold for like an hour, two hours waiting for the same representative to kind of answer your phone line. So for me, that's a great example of a chatbot recently that I experienced. And then similarly, I think bad ones, I think I've also had for airlines where you're going on and you're like, hey, I need to find my ticket or my flight changed and it's just a bot and the bot's yeah. just like, here's a generic like web page that, he- does this answer your question? You're like, no. And they're like, okay, we'll ask another question. And then <laughs> it just keeps trying to like pull up like SEO keywords into like the answers and hoping that it answers what you're looking for. And you're like, no, please connect me. Like, where's the zero to connect me to an operator? And it's... <laughs> so hard and so frustrating. Those are definitely the worst. It's so funny that you said airlines. People are going to think we coordinated, but my (laughs) example of like the best chatbot experience I had recently was actually with United. And I was in, I got stuck in San Diego. So we were flying back from somewhere 
and the, the the pilot had like a family emergency or something like it, all of a sudden and so he couldn't fly the plane and they were trying to find another pilot and it was going to be this whole thing and long story short they're like all right we'll get you we can try to get you all to houston tonight but then you'll spend a night in a hotel and then you'll fly back you won't get back to dc until like 10 p.m the following day and i was like well it would it be possible to like just stay in san diego an extra day and then like fly out tomorrow instead of you know, bumming it up yeah. uh, in, in Houston. And they were like, oh, you have to talk to the, the chat support for that, or whatever. So I literally scanned a QR code. There were all these people waiting in line. I scanned that QR code, which you've probably seen. And it brought me up to their chat bot. I, I answered like three questions. And then they said, this is a situation. I remember the chat was like, this is a situation where we'd like to connect you with one of our, you know, professionals or whatever. We're going to start a video chat with you. Yes. Uh, oh. Confirm start video chat. I clicked yes. Literally in 20 seconds, I was videoing, I was like Zooming, I almost said Skyping, wow. I was Zooming with a, a rep from United Airlines. And the best, I think the best thing about this experience was she had seen all of mm -hmm. my answers already. And she didn't ask me the questions that I had already answered, which was jarring because I feel like half the time when you do connect with a live person, you have to like repeat yourself like four yeah. or five times, right? So anyways, that was a, that was an incredible experience. I'm literally in yeah. a matter of 10 minutes, flight was rebooked. It was so much easier. I didn't have to call anybody. And I later found out that some people had been had stood in line for literally two hours trying to talk wow. to the person at the front of the desk. And I got it all wow. taken care of in 10 minutes. Video chat. That's interesting. I feel like, um, you know, both of us having those airline experiences, I think everyone kind of has it because that experience can like make or break how you feel about yeah. that. And when your emotions are so heightened, because usually you're in a situation where like something's canceled, there's an issue, you're stuck in some place that you don't want to be, like you're already like emotions are high and that chatbot <laughs> experience can make that better or worse, you know? Yeah. And I love the fact that you talked about bringing in the contact information and them knowing those answers that you had. And I think that's also important. Like same with Delta, like they... When I put in my phone number, they connected it to like my profile that they have on me, said, hey, hi, Nicole, like, welcome back. Pulled So like when I got to that rep, like they saw all my flight details, they knew which flight I was talking about, and I didn't have to like copy paste in a confirmation code <laughs> or a flight number or something like that. They already had it all pulled up for me, and that makes it life so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it, uh, there's nothing worse than them saying like, can you, what's your confirmation code? And then you're like, I don't know. And you have to go <laughs> no scroll idea. through your emails and there's like 17 different numbers. There's the ticket yep. number, then there's the confirmation code. Then there's like the your date number. There's so many numbers. It's, it's so hard to know what they're talking about. And then the pace doesn't work in the chat bot, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you're like going back and forth and you're on your phone trying to like remember this 12 number code. Yeah, yeah. and then you get like one number wrong and like, but you can't figure out what the one number, yep. you know, wrong was. <laughs> The, oh god it's such a cluster the worst experience i had recently and i feel like we can pick on them because they're a big brand but a bank of america so that's my bank and oh bank chatbots yeah <laughs> bank chatbot i don't know what it is capital one is incredible incredible mm -hmm. but like I, that's just my credit card but my, my checking account is with bank america and honestly it is so frustrating like i i leave the chatbot kind of confused uh, like, I don't remember the initial question I asked. That's how confused I am. They by the gaslit you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> being gaslit by a chatbot. Exactly. They're like, no, it's your problem. Yeah, like, like you, oh, you are the issue. Yeah, I, I must have made a mistake somewhere. You know, oh, it's such a <laughs> such a cluster. But yeah, anyways, I. But it's one of those things too, where it's like it's such a hassle to change banks. So it's like, am I yeah. really going to like because of this experience? Am I really going to go and like open up a new checking account somewhere? And I don't know. You know, we'll see. Maybe I'll right. give them a couple more opportunities but otherwise maybe it's time to bounce <laughs> maybe they'll listen to some chats what she said chatbot best practices and fix some things <laughs> maybe hopefully yeah hopefully they can just send them a link to this podcast how... afterwards <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 although yeah pasting links in in their chat tools sometimes don't even oh. either, so who knows <laughs> of course yeah who knows <laughs> but I want your thoughts, Nicole you and the Mongoose team spent a lot of time obviously working with schools helping them decide if, when, and where to use chatbots throughout their enrollment marketing, throughout their student success, throughout even the advancement stage of the higher education journey. How do you all help schools consider, like, what are sort of like the top things that a school should consider when using a chatbot on their website? Like, are there any, like, you know, ask yourself these three to five questions and depending on the answers to these three to five questions, you should or shouldn't use a chatbot, or you may want to use a chatbot here, but it might not make as much sense to use a chatbot there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of go into it. A lot of times, you know, schools think like, I don't want to add another tool onto my website and they maybe aren't quite sure how a chatbot's going to improve things. And on my experience, and I'm sure with our listeners too, when building out a website for a school, there's a lot of voices and opinions of like information that needs to be on there. Everyone thinks their information's the most important. Everyone's fighting for some attention. And what that leads to is like when a student or a parent or alumni come onto your website, they're a little confused on how to find the information they're looking for. And so if you're finding yeah. that visitors are struggling to find information, chatbot's a good solution because it can identify who that person is, so like is it a student? Is it a prospect? Is it a parent? And start, you know, personalizing that experience based on who it is. Usually those visitors come in, you're not really sure who's who, and a chatbot helps identify those. And then you can start leading them through conversation to kind of figure out, well, what information do they need? And how can I help get them that information as quickly as possible? Usually when you're thinking of a chatbot, do have some sort of objective? Don't just like, I'm just going to put a chatbot on my website and just like, Hope it does something. Usually we ask like, okay, what's kind of the goal you want to get out of a chatbot? And so if it's admissions, it's usually, you know, getting that contact information from those prospective students so that you have that information to start nurturing them through the application process. Maybe if it's a current applicant, you could be getting them information on deadlines or reminders about financial aid applications, making sure that they're kind of finishing all the steps in the application process. Student success getting kids to even just know like the events that are happening on campus. And we hear that a lot where, mm. you know, mental health has been a big thing and there's a lot of work being put into these mental health programs and webinars or events on campus. And like, no one really knows about it. And a chatbot's a really great way to pop up and say, Hey, when you're on the student events page and you can be like, here's a little reminder that we have this going on. It's just a good way to kind of engage with the students in a way that maybe just a web page isn't doing so. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the cool things I heard, I think actually I was talking with Greg on your team about this a couple of months ago, was when you think about chatbots, 
and you think about when, like, this is maybe a little bit more of an advanced example when you might have different chatbots on different pages, depending on the context of the page. But one of the things he said that really stuck with me is like, you know, a chatbot should augment the experience on the page, meaning it shouldn't just be a repeat of all the information mm -hmm. that is already on that page, but it, it should be supplemental to that. And ultimately what it should do, it should augment it with either more context or deeper context. Like we all know that you, you know, no Gen Z is going to read four paragraphs worth of text right. on a program page, but if they do want a little bit more information about that program page, that's where that chatbot or about that program, that's where that chatbot can come in and be very helpful. So save, you know, your best three or four sentences to describe the program for the page and then leave it up to the chatbot to, to do the work of going deeper and becoming essentially, if you've got secondary tertiary questions, this is where you want to go to get them answered. Is that a frame that you guys kind of work with schools through when thinking, you know, when and, and where to put these chatbots? Yeah, exactly. Usually, you know, you'll look at what pages um, make the most sense in a lot of, you know, like those program pages, even just the homepage, because a lot of people just come to the homepage and they don't really know like where to go and asking those questions similar to like what you had with the airline experience where you come in and you kind of get those key, those three key questions to kind of figure out who are they? Yeah. What are they looking for? And how can we help? Whether that's, you know, sending them to a page, whether that's linking them to a person who can like answer their questions, just, you know, helping them navigate through your content, through your information in a way that seems helpful. I think the problem with bad chatbots is that it's a bot. That's like, it just yeah. acts like a bot. It treats you like a bot. Like it doesn't seem very conversational. It doesn't seem very easy. And I think when you just throw in a chatbot on there, just hoping it just kind of repeats whatever is already on your website, you're just going to have a negative experience from your students using that chatbot. Yeah. Or, or I feel like some of the expectations that either admissions folks or marketers have with these tools is that, that they're really just there for lead gen, right? Like, mm -hmm. or they're really just there to convert people. And I think that's short-sighted when you think about the role that these tools play. It's like, I mean, we talk a lot about this when we talk about conversational marketing, right? And we've got this incredible e-course that we're that we're producing in partnership with you all that will be really soon that'll dive deep into this. But this idea that these tools are meant to be conversational and not all conversations end with a, oh, and can I get your email address? Or, oh, can, you know, can I get your, your phone number so I can follow up with you on a text? Not all conversations are, are transactional in, in that way. And I think that the schools that are really crushing their conversational marketing game are the schools that, that understand at the, you know, when, when we think about sort of these tools fundamentally, these are mm -hmm. there to help deliver the best experience possible for the user right then and there, right? Like the goal is to solve the user's problem that they have today. It's not to try to convince them to do what they might do tomorrow or two weeks from now or a month from now. It's really how can you deliver the best possible browsing and, and search experience for the visitor who's on your website in real time right now? Yeah, exactly. I think um, it's easy to kind of understand how a chatbot can help with the admissions process first, like the lead gen. But then, so we have yeah. a lot of schools who come in with that in mind at first, but then as they're, you know, talking to 
people who are on the website, segmenting people out, you suddenly realize that there's a lot more opportunities there. And that's when schools are like, okay, how can we use a chatbot for student success? How can we use it for um, fundraising or, you know, what other goals that they have where they're just, it kind of shows like the opportunities. Once you have the chatbot in one spot, you're going to naturally kind of see where there's other areas of opportunity to improve. So say like you have the chatbot for on your admissions page, but you start by saying like, Hey, can you like, who are you? Are you a parent? Are you a current student? And all of a sudden you see like there's a huge amount of parents on your site, more than you really thought. And so then getting that information and looking at that kind of data helps you like revisit and think like, okay, how can we improve our communication to parents? Because we have a lot more parents coming to this website than we originally thought. And the chatbot gives you that information that necessarily you wouldn't have had prior. So I think, you know, start small if you're a little overwhelmed, but then use the chatbot to kind of identify those other opportunities that you might be missing out on. I'm curious, Nicole, based off of your all's client, have you seen this shift? I I feel like when chatbots first came onto the scene in higher ed, they almost were structured in a way to trick the user into thinking that there was somebody on the other end, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I I do feel like there's been this evolution of like, okay, people know these tools. And, and, and it's just not a wise strategy to try and trick the user into thinking that there's somebody really there when there's not. Have you guys, do you have any good examples or, or have you all seen schools kind of move away mostly from that trend? And or mm-hmm. there, is that still something that we're working through? No, I'm definitely seeing schools moving away from that. Luckily, you know, this is what we do every day in and out. And so we've been able to take like all these best practices that are tried and true from other schools. And then when a new school comes in, we're like, hey, this is what's working, you know, like, we're going to just give you like almost a plug and play template that you can kind of put in and then personalize based on like your needs and what the school is, so that it's conversational, you know, that like, you're they're going through the flow that most people are kind of going to go through. And then like I said, use that data to kind of improve it, tweak it. So it works for your visitors. But like you said, a lot of schools are moving away from trying to trick the visitor and pretending that it's a person. And we don't try to like, with our chat bots, we don't try to like fake that at all. Like it's very clear. You kind of click the answers, you know, and I think, you know, most visitors are pretty smart and know, like, I just want to like click and not talk to someone right now. So a chat, this will work. But then if it gets to a point where I do want to chat with someone, like I'd like to talk to a person live and either, you switch over to live chat, you call on the phone, you email someone, um, whatever the option is that you have available. But I think trying to trick people see right through that and it's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. So I love your thoughts. When you guys are working with a brand new client who is is new to conversational marketing, they've never built a chatbot, they finally got you know approval from the powers that be to get budget to make this happen. How do you all coach them on you know, first, second, third steps. So what is like the rough soup to nut strategy from got buy-in from leadership to then getting the chatbot live? Yep. I think the first step is, you know, what's the objective that we want to accomplish making sure that we have that goal that we can work through. Um, Once you identify that, it's pretty easy, Um, especially, you know, working with us, we do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. I think there's a lot of other 
chatbots out there where like, they're just like, here you go, you implement it and figure out like the flow and the conversation yourself will kind of come in and work with you and say like, okay, basic flow that we've put together that we've tweaked, that's like a best practice that we're seeing other success from other schools. Let's go through it together. Let's personalize it where it makes sense and make this work for your school and for your objective. So honestly, like at least working with Mongoose, it's pretty easy to get it implemented and then always making sure that you're, you know, checking that data. So our client success leads will work with you to like every month check in and say like, hey, we're seeing people are kind of getting blocked when they are picking, you know, I'm an alumni and they kind of keep falling off at this point. Maybe we should work on what happens at this point to kind of improve the process. Or we're seeing a lot more people coming in from, like we said, parents. Let's see how we can kind of grow that chatbot flow or connect someone sooner to like a live chat to kind of capitalize on these parents who are asking about school information. Um, So depending on who you go with for your chatbot, it can be a really cumbersome onboarding or it can be very easy. It really does depend on who you choose. Yeah. When you, I like what you said about first and foremost, identifying an objective. Do you all recommend that folks Mm. start with like hey, let's just start with an objective that admissions has or just an objective that advancement has. And that way there's like focus and the school understands, okay, this is roughly what this looks like. And then they can scale from there. Or are most of the time, are are most of your clients coming to you and saying, hey, we want to build a chatbot, a university-wide chatbot. What, I guess, if you had to roughly break this down into percentages, are, are most people coming for one specific objective in one specific department and then growing, or is it the opposite? Yeah, I'd say it's most people coming in with that one objective. And usually our most popular is like student discovery. I'm seeing mm. s- schools are really like trying to figure out how can we turn these anonymous website visitors into, you know, contacts and just figuring out Who are they? Who's coming to these sites so that then we can kind of figure out next steps from there. So usually that's the first one that we recommend, or at least people are most interested in. And then from there, we let the data kind of figure out, okay, where are those other opportunities? Maybe it's a yield kind of chatbot that helps, you know, get people to complete the process. Maybe it's student success one, fundraising as well, you know, like maybe all of a sudden you're realizing that there's a lot more alumni on your page than you realized. And you want to kind of get that information and that contact information so you can put them into like your giving day campaigns that are coming up. So I think because that's like the easiest way for most people to kind of see how it works, understand the opportunities, because I think until you kind of see the conversations that are happening, you can't quite make other recommendations for how like to put in a chatbot or how yeah. to even I've seen the chatbots even um, help people figure out like how to improve their websites, you know, and start like using that to tweak their communication with students just because you're getting this data that wasn't there before. The way high school students navigate the admissions process has changed, but has your outreach strategy? It's time to meet Mongoose. Designed with your admissions goals in mind, Mongoose's market-leading conversational software allows your school to create a unique, omni-channel communication strategy that helps you stand out from the competition and helps you connect with more prospects with less work. 
meet students where they already are with their premier texting platform, Cadence, or instantly deliver personalized engagement to each website visitor with their AI conversational chatbot, Harmony. To learn more about Mongoose's offerings, head on over to mongooseresearch.com forward slash Enrollify. Again, that's mongooseresearch.com forward slash Enrollify. Yeah, yeah. I liked your earlier example with the parents, right? Like just note, like noticing that, oh, wow, we have a substantial number of parents that are frequently visiting this particular website page. What does that mean for our communication flows? Like how does, how should that, you know, change our social strategy even? Like, are, are we speaking to this incredibly influential audience enough or not? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great example. One of the things that I've been curious about is how schools go about thinking what to name their chatbots and or like <laughs> how to brand them. Do you all have any like strong opinions? You see the schools that like take their mascot, right? And slap yeah. it on uh, for their chatbot. You see schools that just take their name like University X spot, right? And then sometimes there's a, you know, a random name like Bob thrown in there, right? <laughs> what, what do you guys, do you guys have any sort of recommendations or how do you all help schools through that process? And mm -hmm. is it a pretty challenging one or do most schools kind of come in and think, oh, I, I know what I want to call this thing? <laughs> I think it varies on the school. I don't think we have a preference, but I do feel like it's a good opportunity to show a little personality as a school. And it definitely aligns with like your brand as a school. So if you do want to kind of, it's an opportunity to stand out. If you've got kind of like a fun little chatbot that pops up with a fun little, you know, face. It makes it feel a little bit more personable, but it's also, if that's not really your school's kind of position, you might want to just have a more generic kind of like where university X chatbot. Yeah. Um, but I have seen schools have fun um, with their mascots, you know, giving, it helps give that like chatbot a little personality in the conversation as well. Cause you can be a little more funny or cheeky if you want to, <laughs> it can help, you know, people go through the conversation and kind of go through the flow all the way through. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, this isn't just a generic chatbot. That's just like, hi, what's your name? They might be like, Hey, what's up? It's, you know, Autobot, like, let's get this thing going. You know, you can just have a little bit more fun if you do brand it a certain way, but I would say there's no right or wrong way yeah. to do it, but it's just a opportunity based on what you want your school to be remembered for. I think too, if you do brand it as something more dynamic or engaging than like university Xbot, then I do think you have to put in the work to ensure mm -hmm. that the conversational flow is representative of what that mascot or what that brand would actually say. Like, you can't mm -hmm. just ask, hey, what's your name, right? To your right. point, right? Like, you, you have to think a lot more critically about the copy. And it, it's almost like, what would this character say, right? Like, not what would be the university say? And I think where some schools go wrong here, I, by the way, I, I, personally love when schools go out on a limb and create a brand around their chatbot. I think that's super it's fun, fun <laughs> and just adds to sort of like the dynamic nature of, and ultimately like helps increase time spent on page, right? Which is a key SEO indicator. But I think sometimes when the school has such a beautifully designed website or like their brand has just gone through some huge refresh and then you go and you click on the chatbot <laughs> and it's like, it looks 
a little outdated and then you can tell the language is canned when it, mm-hmm. it's just such a stark contrast from like the dynamic copy that they've used on these other pages so like my word of advice here is first and foremost i do think building out a brand around the chatbot would be is great if you can afford the resources to do so but don't just brand it with your mascot and then not put in the work that it takes to ensure that it's speaking, thinking, talking, acting like that character. Because otherwise, it feels disintegrated. Like the experience feels a little bit disintegrated otherwise. Yeah, I agree. And I would also say, like, remember, you should have that bot be consistent throughout the website. So if, like, you know, your funky mascot's not the best fit for certain pages, just kind of keep that in mind. Like, is that tone what we okay for the whole website I've I you never want to have you know like oh we're gonna have the funky mascot on the homepage, but then you're coming on to like the financial aid page and it's like <laughs> university x it's a very jarring experience you want to make sure it's very consistent so just kind of keep in mind that you should have one personality or brand of your chatbot across the website experience and just make sure that like you said it doesn't change it feels you know like it's that character if you go down that route through the whole experience, regardless of like which page and what objective you're trying to accomplish with the chatbot. Yeah, that was going to be my next question about whether or not you've seen schools try to brand, try to develop distinct brands for different parts of the website, catering to different audiences. Like you might be able to be fun and quippy with a mascot for undergraduate admissions focused pages but maybe for PhD student recruitment, that that doesn't work as well. Like, do you think, what recommendations do you have for how schools strike that balance? Is it is it helpful to maybe start with like, okay, if, if the core objective is to figure out which of the prospects on our website are qualified undergraduate prospective students, let's start with a, a brand that's a little bit more fun, maybe a little bit more closely tied to what an undergraduate in, uh, prospective student would want out of a university or college experience and then like leave that chatbot off of maybe PhD focused pages and then eventually figure out what to do there. Or mm-hmm. is it like, no, like it's, it makes sense to either have something that works universally and, or is it, I guess, is there ever a case where it makes sense to have some, a brand around one chatbot that is undergrad focused versus one that's a little bit more advancement alumni focused have you seen schools do that well or not not yeah I haven't seen it too often but I guess if you have just very two distinct different kind of website experiences for different population or programs then maybe it makes sense if you really don't have a lot of overlap with people kind of visiting the same places but I do think like you can still I would recommend still just kind of having the same chatbot because they might feel like who is this other thing that's trying to talk to me when I'm used to this thing you know that was over here um, is this completely different am I going to have to re-enter all my information that I've already done before they're going to ask me the same questions it might be a little jarring but I do think that there's a way to balance if you have like fun funky mascot for undergrad but still using that chatbot for like post-grad places where maybe you turn them over to an advisor faster than normal. Mm. So then they can kind of have those conversations or maybe you just, you know, lessen down the cheekiness of it, but still have him like putting in a little bit more personality, have that like tone of voice that you've already developed. I think there's ways you can kind of balance it depending on what your objective is and where that chatbot lives on your site. Yeah. Yeah. 
that makes a lot of sense. And I, I like the point too about maybe it's simply just uh, figuring out, depending on the audience, who you should hand off quicker than others. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good frame for people to operate within. A couple of final questions for you, Nicole. Speaking on like handoff, it is, in my experience of these tools, sometimes I want handoff, I, I want to be, I want to start chatting with somebody sooner. And other times, mm -hmm. like I'm okay with it taking a little bit longer. I think it really depends on, am I trying to solve a problem as fast as possible? Or am I really like, almost just in, in the browsing and, and searching phase of phase of the customer journey? So depending on depending on kind of where I'm at, I, my expectation for the bot is different. Yeah. But how do you all recommend or encourage schools to to effectively do this handoff? Like, do you guys recommend? Do you have any recommendation for it? You should expect, you know, ten to twenty hours of your team's time a week to be responding to live chat. Is it is this a full person a full time person's job? Like, how do you guys help coach your your clients on? when and where to bring people in and what does that cadence, no pun intended, look like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so first we try to make sure that the chatbot's actually reducing staff time, you know, so they're not answering these repetitive questions over and over. That's where you kind of start with the chatbot flow. It's like, okay, what are the key things that people, if it's prospective students, what are the key things that they're always kind of asking for? And how can we have the chatbot kind of answer those frequently asked questions that always come up without it having to hand over to a staff member. So we start there where, you know, like that's how you kind of build out the flow where you're like making sure you're kind of hitting those key points. So if they are still in that discovery phase, if they are still kind of just browsing for this situation, um, maybe they're just submitting for more information on the site and they're like, hey, just email me later. Like a chatbot can handle all of that without having it hand over to the staff. When we want it to hand over to the staff is when you really need those key touch points and to really build that relationship with the student. Um, so when they're kind of stuck in a situation or they have a much more personal question that, you know, can't be answered by a chatbot and shouldn't be answered by a chatbot, that's when we would hand it over. On our product, you kind of have people who are like online and it kind of round robins depending on who's available for whichever kind of like person is coming through yeah. and you'll get pinged. So like, you don't have to be there like waiting for, oh, I just got to be managing this all day. It'll kind of ping you and say like, hey, needs this information. You can hop on and kind of have a conversation right with them. But then that conversation's also saved. So say like they leave and maybe you go on lunch break, like you can come back and follow up with email or a text message or what have you to kind of make sure that you're kind of building that relationship and improving that communication. So I would say like viewing the handoff, not as like this burden to kind of be like just manning this chat. I've got so many hours to do this, but more of like, okay, let's take off that redundant processes, those redundant tasks, those redundant yeah. questions off of the staff time with the chatbot, and then allow the staff more time to connect like on a better basis with the students when they need to and have that personal touch that's going to like help that student or whoever you're talking to have a much more better experience similar to what we talked about at the beginning with the airlines, you yeah. know, like once it gets to a point where you're very frustrated or there's some big issue, having a person come in and fix it really quickly is going to give you such a better experience. And that's what a good chat bot should do. It should free your staff time up so that they can have those kind of conversations with prospective students, current students, parents, whoever's kind of 
reaching out for more information. One of the things that we hear a lot from folks is that have implemented successful chatbots is their their staff, their admissions team ends up loving the tool. At first, I think sometimes there can be this like internal friction or it can feel like, oh, am I being replaced by a bot? You know, but what we found, what I've heard from folks is that no, actually what's super cool is the admissions, your admissions team is actually now answering like quality questions, like or tier two or tier three questions. So they're not asked, they're, they don't have to worry about the, how much does it cost? Like, do you have a business right. major? Right. Like, you know, those sorts of like generic questions, but instead, you know, they can answer questions like, Hey, I'm trying to decide between, you know, this particular pathway or this particular pathway. Do you have a hybrid program available? I have not seen, I see something that could be like this on your site, but not sure if it's X or Y. Could you give me a little bit more information here? And the admissions team yeah. loves it because it's, it's a more qualified lead, if you will. Right. And therefore there's better questions. It, it's, it feels like they're actually delivering real concrete value. And I think that that's just incredibly liberating. And I think at, at the end of the day, it makes people like their jobs better yes. because, <laughs> because they're not answering the same question about financial aid, you know, five times. Um, right. And then you're an enjoying <laughs> the conversations that you are having because it isn't just like, I just did this 20 times this morning. And this is my 21st time, like, saying, yes, we have business majors. So then when you do have that nicer conversation where you can be, okay, well, what do you like? What don't you like? You know, and feel out the student in terms of like getting them the answer that they need. You're not going to rush through that conversation that's like highly valuable. And you're going to actually enjoy having that conversation and connecting with that student. And that student's going to feel the same. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a reason I know that this term has been changing a little bit depending on the institution, but there's a reason folks call We've called these individuals admissions counselors in higher ed because they love talking to students like they're people like they love helping a student decide if and when and how they'll fit into their university. Right. And I think the best admissions counselors know how to how to, how to consult, if you will, in a way that's not too overbearing. But chatbots, I think, can be this very empowering tool to teams. So this has been great, Nicole. For folks who want to learn a little bit more about Mongoose and learn a little bit more about your all's chatbots, I know that you guys have incredible tools. And from everything that we've heard from your customers and others in the industry, you guys really do a good job of handholding people, uh, holding people's hands through this entire process and getting them up and running quickly. Is there a good place for folks to, to reach out if they want to learn more? Yeah, I mean, you can come to our website, mongooseresearch.com, or just, you know, reach out to us on social media. We'd be happy to chat, no pun intended, um, about <laughs> chatbots. <laughs> That's so meta. I love it. Um, well, great. Can't Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't. I can't. You can't. Thanks for your, for your time, Nicole. This has been great. And listeners, we promise you another episode of Chats What She Said will be coming next month, not three months. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we'll have a better cadence. We'll have a better cadence. <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah, the mongoose I'm on a roll now. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Nicole. All right. Thanks, Zach. Bye, everyone.